What's going on, world? Jack of all space, CLT, back like an encore. As always, I am the beloved one, DJ Spellman. Hold tight, Blue Water Banks, he on Daddy Duties. But to my right, we have the pride of Africa, Ken YBB. Yes, this is I, Ken YBB, the pride of Africa. Shout out to all the diaspora. Once again, England plays Senegal at 2 p.m. post-meridian, and England <laughs> will be victorious. We'll see about that. <laughs> we don't have to hold tight Jay Marlowe because he is in studio. Mm-hmm. Good to always have family behind the camera. But today, our special guest, she is known as the queen of the dance. We have Miss Jennifer Gaye. How are you doing today, madam? I'm doing well. Really happy to be here today. I'm glad that you were able to make time for us because I'm going to give you some background issues. I tried to get her on many months ago. <laughs> she was playing, but I'm glad we were finally able to sync it up and you're here. And I can't wait for everybody to hear what you have to say. Yes. Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, this segment here is our flower segment. So all our first time listeners or last time listeners, you know, Banks handle this. But I'm going to take care of it. Uh, so for you, Miss Jennifer. You are Davidson College and Queens University alum, professional dancer, community activator, career pathway advisor, bilingual site coordinator, event planner, owner of the Rumbao Latin Dance Company. Is that right? It's Rumbao. 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 I'm sorry. You gotta check the shoulders too. Rumbao. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, artist, certified Texas Association of Salsa instructor. Southwest Salsa Open Champion. Champion. Mm-hmm. You was featured on Ola Charlotte, CLT Shout, Latin American Festival, and damn near every Salsa Bachata Congress around the world. Speak on that. Well, you blushing <laughs> for it. This is you. Let us give All you your, your flowers. Yeah. Um, about which one? Which one? The whole thing. Your whole the journey. Whole thing. Oh my gosh. Um. I've had a really interesting journey. I never thought I would be a dancer for okay. one. So that was something that became a surprise to me as I went through my educational and professional career. But I've loved every minute and every step of the way. So it's been it's been a great journey. I think I've um I'm kind of one I'm a really good follower. I don't say that in a bad way, but I think I tend to follow kind of where the waves take me. So Mm. um, my first pathway was more in the community and educational fields, but I always had a strong interest in dance. I just never had really the the experience or the background or maybe the opportunities to learn as much or feel that that was something that I could do. So I found myself in the community and schools, um, community and schools with MECED, um, in different nonprofits like the Latin American Coalition, uh, Thriving at Three, and um, Immigrant Access um, Programs. Um, and those programs, I felt, I always saw that, that connection to culture and art and dance. And so within that work, I even saw myself being provided with those kinds of opportunities and people coming up to me and like, oh, would you teach these kids how to do this style of dance? We see that you like to dance. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it was just something I love to do, but I never was, oh, this is going to be what I do full time. Mm. It was just something that I enjoyed and um, I always had a passion for, but never really got to explore as much until I got into college um, and then, you know, into working. 
I started having more free time, more resources to do things. So I was able to take classes and just really immerse myself in um, the Latin and Afro-Latin dance scene. So um, it kind of just... Blossomed itself. Yeah, it just kind of <laughs> went that way. I'm really thankful for people that really put my put me in, in places where... I could flourish and where I could just find that because without those people, I probably wouldn't have gone that way because it wasn't something I thought I could do. Hmm. All right. So we've had some amazing entrepreneurs on this podcast, but we've never had anyone to start a dance company. So where does this love for dance stem from? And then when did you feel like this could be a viable business? I think when I was younger, I loved watching the Olympics. Um, but it was always the dance-related things, like the Winter Olympics, I always liked ice skating, or if it was gymnastics, I always wanted to watch the floor routine. So I had an interest in dance really early on, but I wasn't involved in it myself. So I loved watching it. I loved music. Um, my mom's from Venezuela, and my dad's from here, but he had a very wide interest in musical taste. So we would listen to rock or Latin music or country music or just kind of a wide variety of things. So I was really exposed to a lot of different styles of music growing up. And once I got into college, I saw this like world open up and of like, oh, I can take a dance class because I never really <laughs> took a dance class before. And it was really cool to have that opportunity. And I, I sucked. I was really bad. <laughs> I had two left feet. Um, but it was something I, I just enjoyed. So and thankfully, I had teachers that were just super patient with me and they, they would take extra time with me and at Davidson we had a, a student organization called Dance Ensemble and this organization they were led by students and they would create a show each semester mm. where you would have a different you know a whole hour of different acts um, and so at the beginning of the semester, they would say, oh, we're going to do these these pieces. Who wants to be in them? You have to have ballet experience. And obviously, I didn't have ballet experience. So I would do all the cultural dances that were offered. And um, they let me do them. So I did like a Chinese one and an Indian one and African one. And like we, I just love to be in all of them. Ironically enough, I didn't make the salsa <laughs> piece, which I always tell people they were, you know, because they had an audition and they needed like, you know, certain style. I guess they needed dancers that had some experience. So mm. I didn't make that one, but um, ended up choreographing my own a few years later after taking more classes. But I think the interest of dance was always there. Just I wasn't in that arena yep. until I was older. So um, but once I got in it, I didn't get out. So yeah. I, I just kept looking for opportunities. Um, I studied abroad in the Dominican Republic my junior year, and that's when I really started taking salsa classes. And obviously, bachata. Well, yeah, you may not of know. course. <laughs> bachata, if they know, if bachata, you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. But uh, <laughs> bachata and merengue are the national dances of the Dominican Republic. So mm -hmm. those were everywhere. Um, and and very ironically, also, there was only like two people in the salsa class that I was taking. So we got a lot of attention and I, I feel like I grew a lot in that time frame. And then when I got back to the States um, to finish out my Davidson college career, I was like, where can I go to dance? And once I found the community in Charlotte, I was like, OK, this is where I need to be. Mm. And and then it opened up to the communities across the state and then mm. opened up to the communities across the country. And then you see that 
wow, this is a global thing, not just in Latin America, but you could go to Europe and there's dancers there. You could go to Asia and there's dancers there. Um, I haven't been, I didn't go to Africa at the time that I was dancing, but I know that there's dancing there also, obviously. Mm. So there's like every continent has, has salsa or Latin dance. So it's really cool to, to find. I don't know if I went off. No, this is about you. Okay. But I want to point this out to you. I don't think anybody has ever told you, so let me know if I am the first. But you and Michael Jordan share a story how he didn't make his basketball team and that fueled him to be the greatest basketball player in the planet. You didn't make the salsa team and look what you're doing Dominated. now. Tell them, hey, look at me now. Look at me now. That's funny. But yeah. I, I did know about that story, but nobody's told that it's, to me. It's a jack of all spades exclusive. This is mm -hmm. what we do. All right, so Rumbao, Latin Dance Company, is the movement. So the name is a combination of Rumba and Tumbao. Can you break down the name for our listeners and why you chose it? Hmm. Yes, so Rumba is a Spanish word that means to party or to gather and to have fun. Um, but the the name is used for a lot of different styles of dance. So the way that we used it was as a form of a party. But what, what's really cool is that we also, the roots of salsa come from rumba, which is like Cuban rumba, which is Afro-Cuban or African and European influenced or Spanish influenced dance. Mm. Um, and this dance is something that people did like once they got off of a long day of work and they just wanted to like hang out and get together and be in community um and they would do it in their neighborhoods or in their backyards um so it's just a really community-centered dance uh, which i think is really cool because i've tried to base rumbao on that um and then tumbao is the rhythm that we listen to in salsa so tumbao is the rhythm that the conga drums play mm. um so we just combined it Nice. Um, yeah. So with you said the the Cuban salsa. So of course everybody who knows me know I grew up Latino. Is that like the casino dance? So there's so many, um, okay. so many styles. But Cuban, I would say salsa originates from Cuba. Obviously mm. before that Africa because mm. we we receive all of the the influence from Africa. But um, this. Cuban casino style, there's, there's the rueda, there's um, what becomes before that is son, yeah. um, what comes before that is danzon, and then rumba will be before that. So rumba is like more closer to like the origin of, of those styles. And it's very playful. There's different styles it's for older people and younger people. And then there's more of like a competitive aspect also, which I think influences a lot of what we do. Um, now in salsa, so it's really cool to to have that included in our name. All right, so Jack of All Spades Nation, you see this girl know what she's talking about, so you better sign up from classes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with Rumbao, you specialize on onto salsa, so I had to do a little bit of research because I was unfamiliar with that, but not just onto salsa, cha-cha, merengue, bachata, Brazilian zouk. So first, what is onto salsa, then which dance is most difficult to learn? I would say salsa is most difficult to learn. Um, but uh, so like I was just saying, salsa, we, we attribute it to Cuba. But from Cuba, because of the embargo, a lot of the music 
once and musicians started going outside of Cuba, right? They left Cuba mm -hmm. because they were being persecuted there. Um, so you see a lot of salsa in Mexico. You see salsa in Colombia, in Venezuela, in Puerto Rico, and also the U.S. So um, what we specialize is New York style salsa on too. So a lot of immigrants went to New York, mm -hmm. uh, Cubans, Puerto Ricans. They come together. They mix up with jazz musicians. They form like the salsa that you see today that comes from New York. We call it mambo, um, but they really focused on, okay, we're going to dance salsa on two um, based on the tumbao, like I said. So um, there's different ways you can dance salsa, different styles. It's all the same base of music, but you'll hear the differences in the music based on the different countries or different regions that it comes from. So there's LA style, there's New York style, there's Colombian style, um, Cuban style, Puerto Rican style. Like it's really cool to see how it morphs in different areas. I bet. All right. So what are some of your favorite songs in these different genres to dance to? I personally, I really like the more chill songs like uh, Salsa Romanticas, which are kind of old school. They're like a little more like 70s and 80s. Um, they're, they, you, you listen to them, it sounds like the 70s yeah. and 80s. <laughs> but um, I like those because they're a little more relaxed, and but they do have like uh, a theme or they're speaking about some type of you know, issue is romantic is probably going to be something more romantic, but, um, all the songs really, I mean, all music, obviously they're representing some type of issue or some type of thing that's happening in that person's life or that community's life. Um, mm. so I, I, I like, I connect to that, that, but there are some like descargas, which are very like movido, which is, you know, really fast paced and very, you have all these different instruments happening at the same time and it's really exciting. That's what most people probably would see. <laughs> um, but I do think there's a lot of different styles, obviously. And I didn't talk about the other styles of dance that we do, but um, Brazilian Zouk, and I know some people like think of Zouk as it is definitely a French Caribbean. Yeah. Um, so you were like, what is that? I saw, I wanted to touch on that because I, I know some people are like, but Brazilian Zouk is actually uh, Lambada. Okay. So I don't know if you know about Lambada, but it was like popularized as the forbidden dance. Mm. Um, but it's not it's not that bad. It's just it got played that way because the media likes to like over sexualize things. But um, we now dance that it's like a form of Lambada, mm. but they couldn't call it Lambada anymore because people that danced Lambada were like, that's not Lambada. So they started using Zook, zook music okay. and so what they call they ended up calling it brazilian zook so that's why we have that but oh, we also no. do that in tango and uh, cha-cha-cha which is another cuban form of it's like a slower salsa but people are really getting into zook or we call it zook but i know that some people that know what zook, zook is, is yeah like, <laughs> that's <not> zook. <laughs> but brazilian zook or they call it bizook also, mm -hmm. uh, so what's the zook you were referring to? Like, is it a Congolese thing? Congolese, so they got Congolese zook. Those uh -huh. are kind of like Haitian zook. So, so yeah, oh. so <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's kind of dope. And there's a Congolese rumba. <laughs> there is, yeah, also. there is. Like back in the day, like way back mm -hmm. in the day. So if you don't know anything about <laughs> Afrobeat or the African dances, but they say the Congolese, the waistline, <laughs> we gotta have YBB do it when we come. So our plan I'm is not terrible. to. <laughs> we don't we don't like doing one off. So yes. we want to come to one of your like 
trainings yes. or whatever yes. and film and like make it yeah. a, a thing. That would be so cool. Oh no, we, we're definitely coming. We're definitely That'd be coming. Awesome. So, like public speaking, I'm sure most posts get nervous with the thought of dancing in front of a large crowd. So, how do you develop the confidence to do all these big stages? <laughs> mm, that's a really good question. I am someone that's very shy. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but <laughs> never, never um, for me, it took a lot of practice. Okay. So I think it just took a lot of time being in front of people and just getting used to that feeling of uncomfortableness. So for me, my favorite thing is social dancing, which is what we do at like parties and that's really my main goal for dancing and what I enjoy the most about dancing is social dancing where you just you dancing with whoever yeah. and and it's basically a conversation that you have with someone mm. that you may not see again or you may see like every day of the week um, but it's like your connection to that person and then to the music and it's a very cool thing that that happens I think in salsa that may be different from other styles I don't I'm not sure but for me that that's kind of what I get from social dancing but for performing it's different because you're actually you're doing a choreography which is not improv um social dancing is improv yeah um so choreography is is tougher in a way because it's a set move of moves and then I think it's just the practice of being in front of people and getting used to that um I think it's just the hours, you know, with anything. Like if you play an instrument, mm. if you, um, you know, play a sport, any of those things, it's just the hours putting in. And um, I think also the confidence that you start to build with like being more secure in your movements helps you express those movements to other people on a stage setting. But mm. I definitely still get nervous. So it, it doesn't <laughs> go away completely for some people. For my partner, my partner, my dad's partner, Eduardo, He's like born for the stage. Like some <laughs> people just they have it, yeah. you know. And I definitely worked very hard to achieve it, <laughs> but I've become better at it. But I know mm. like some people are just more natural at being in front of others. So I think it just depends on the person, but it also has to do with practice. Hmm. So how many hours would you say you put in a day towards dancing, um, or not even a day? Let's say. In your lifespan to date, how many oh hours did you feel you put in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are we in the space uh, of the 10,000 hour mark? Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> She's definitely. She's a fast Oh, my gosh. Um, I know when I first started, and I know others that get into this type of hobby or this type of thing, they can attest to this, but I was going out like every single night. And the thing about dance, social dancing, like yeah. if it's, it's very social, so you're, say, going out, like you're going out to a club, but it's different. It's mm. not like you're, you are going to a club. It's a Latin club, but it's it's basically your practice time. Mm. So, you know, we used to, in Charlotte, we used to have something on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right now it's very sparse, um, and we could talk about that another time. But, <laughs> um, you know, we would be out. Like I'd get there like 10, maybe 9, and then I get home at 2 a.m. Mm. So, like, it's just imagine at least four hours a day for, like, four hour, four days a week for a while. Mm. And then plus whatever classes I was taking, plus whatever practices I was doing. So it was a very, a, lo a lot of hours, I would say. But <laughs> they would go by like this. I wouldn't yeah. even notice. Because <laughs> you're with other people and you're just, you're enjoying and having a good time. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we love about your movement, and you spoke about this earlier, 
um, is that you don't just teach people to dance, but you teach them the, the cultural history part of it as well, too. Can you enlighten our listeners on the histories of the dances you perform? So the really cool thing about the work that we do is that there's so much history behind every single dance, even every movement that you do that I'm still learning. Like, I'm still learning a lot. Um, we just, we've had our Afro-Cuban teacher come from Miami. She was originally from Cuba. And every single time I'm with her, she teaches me something new about the culture and about the history. So it's, I almost feel like it's impossible to know everything. Mm. But overall, I would say everything that we have and everything that we do is based on our roots from Africa. So like all the, all the dances that we have, they have African roots and it's mixed with European roots mixed with a little bit of indigenous roots also. Um, but I always attribute it to that. And obviously that was from the forced migration of, of, of the transatlantic slave trade. Mm. But um, I don't think we can, we can say anything without paying respect to that. So with that, what's very cool about Cuban dance in particular is that they have documented very well where things come from. So my, my Afro-Cuban teacher can say this neighborhood, there oh, were wow. there were people from the Congo. This neighborhood, these were people, Yoruba land people from mm -hmm. like Nigeria, West Africa. Like it's so specific. Um, this hand facing up means you're like offering love. This hand facing down means you're representing Yemaya if you're using the wave motions of the oceans. Like so much detail, so much history that I think even the people that dance salsa don't even <laughs> realize. So it could get that specific. But mm. um, I think Cuba is very special in that sense that they have that knowledge because a lot of like us in the U.S., I don't, don't think we have that. Don't have that knowledge. That. Mm. Yeah. Well, let me ask this. Why was that so important to you all to not only just teach the dance but then the cultural aspect? Because most you know dance companies I know, they just teach you to dance. dance so that's it. Um, I mean, I think we all start out that way. Oh, this is salsa. This is fun. Like, this is something cool. And it is fun. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's super fun. <laughs> it's it's the reason why we do it. But I think once you start doing something for so long, and I think for me, I'm an anthropology major. Makes, it makes sense. So mm, <laughs> it makes sense now. <laughs> My <crates>. interest is, <laughs> is always like, why? Or like, where is this coming from? Yeah. Or who did this come from? Or what were they thinking when they came up with this? Who came up with this? You know, like, I have all those questions that I don't think I got a lot of answers for. Mm. Or like, I thought I could ask when I first started. They're like, this is your basic step. Forward, left, forward, back, right. Susie Q. You know, you're just like, <laughs> okay. Um, but nobody talks about that. And I think, you know, I think it's becoming better now that people are like becoming more aware of like the roots of the dances but I think you know I don't want to speak badly on like ballroom dancing but they'll basically take they have a dance called rumba which is nothing like mm. Cuban rumba they have a dance called samba which is nothing like samba from Brazil so I think there's just been a like kind of a taking of this and not really like Saying where it came saying from. where it comes from. Respecting the culture. Got you. Respecting the culture for sure. So mm. I, for me, it's important because it, it gives a lot more depth to what I'm doing. Not I'm not just teaching dance steps. Mm. I just learned something new because I didn't know that there was gentrification of dance moves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yes. Damn. 
Mm. I got to do better. We're <laughs> trying. We're trying. It's not easy because I think, you know, it's, it's become so common yeah. that it's it's very hard to change that. But mm, we, right. we, we do our best. Look at this. Segway. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> change. So, Miss Jennifer, you've said that dance is a change agent, mm-hmm. so let's use it for good. So talk about the community you've built through dance and the positive impacts you've had on others. Hold on. Before we get back into that, we got some bills to pay. All right. Now that we got that covered, let's get back into it. Um, so I'm really thankful because Charlotte already had a thriving community. I I came into a very good community of dancers that were in Charlotte and the state. Like you I think salsa dancers in general, like they have such a nice community, welcoming. You could come from a different state or different country and find a salsa community in most places. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's everywhere, but most places. Mm. So thankfully, that community was already there. I just tried to add to it, and I wasn't really planning on adding to it. But like I said before, I got I was presented like opportunities to to do that, and thankfully, people embraced me coming in and I was I was already a part of it but like doing more of a formal like a or a business side of it um and I think the biggest thing about the community that we've been able to add to the already existing community is that they're very friendly and welcoming um and we've tried to do our best with that like because you could get very like strict okay you can only do it like if you do it this way and that can sometimes turn people mm-hmm. off Away from it. Mm-hmm. um and i think there's a fine line between being like okay this is how it, it should be done and this is like what you can do to work on it or um or just how how welcoming you are in the community but i would say the the coolest thing about our charlotte community is that they're so supportive and um, engaged and I mean I don't I don't think I would be able to do what, what I do if they hadn't like been that way hmm. already I don't I would I don't claim to like have built anything it was kind of I've just added added to it how many people oh, yeah <laughs> talk your junk about to cuss me well, you can cuss too let me just put out there you can't cuss I told you earlier talk your shit because you're doing a lot of great stuff you and are. people gotta know about it I wanted to ask with this community how many people do you think is associated with it? Um, I would say, so we have we have a monthly social, and lately those socials have had like at least over 200 people. Oh, wow. Mm. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so there's, and those people are, I would say, relatively newer people. So I think like overall there's probably, you know, at least 300 to 500 people. It's just that not everybody continues. So, like, some people catch that bug yeah. and they're, like, all out all the time because they're, like, oh, this is, you know, they have that, like, that energy at first where they want to learn everything. And then, you know, they get married or they get, Life like, happens. Life happens. <laughs> they have kids, you know. Though naturally, they, like, don't get involved as much. But they're still around. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. when they have that babysitter or some, you know, they're able to come out. But um, so I think there's a lot of salseros, we call them salseros in in Charlotte, but they're not all as active as mm. they used to be. Because, I mean, I've been dancing in Charlotte since 2010. So, Damn. yeah. So you put the time in. Yeah, ha- I've been around. So I've, I've seen kind of the waves that happen. So like there's one wave and new people and then old people, like some people stick around, some people leave. And it's just constantly adding and growing and then more companies show up and that also adds to mm. yeah 
That's dope. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do a slight transition. We got a Facebook post a little over a year ago. Um, nothing crazy. You always got to say that, right? <laughs> nothing crazy. <laughs> We're about positivity. Yes. <laughs> um, growth comes with overcoming your own self-doubts. What are some of those things you had to overcome to get to the point in your life you are now in? I think the first one is just believing I can do it. Mm. Because I think I didn't think it was an option. Even, like, my mom was like, how are you going to pay your bills? Or, you know, she's always worried. You know, mom's always yeah. worried yeah. about you. So it wasn't something I thought financially was viable. Mm. And I think my dance partner, Eduardo, he's been dancing since he was 18, and he's now 42. I'm not trying to put his age out there. <laughs> you just did, though. <laughs> but, I mean, damn. But I'm just trying to Stand give on you Eduardo. Like, <laughs> um, he knows. Um, but... I saw him and he had only, like, he just has only been dancing his whole life. Wow. And I was like, wow, like, how does he do that? He was like, opened up his own studio when he was 18 and then, like, another studio and a club. And I was just like, wow, that's, like, pretty impressive. And I don't think I had ever met someone that had done that Mm. and that lived solely off dance. I knew other dancers, but I always knew them as, like, you know, the dancers I knew were, like, engineers or, mm. you know, they had other jobs. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it was really cool to see someone and, like, work with someone that was doing that. And I think that gave me, and, like, working with him gave me a lot of that confidence to be, like, okay, you know, I think we can do this. And, like, when he came to start working with me, because initially, like, he wasn't a part of Gumbao, um, I was thinking that he like really was like you need to add some classes you need to like do more like he kind of pushed me to to push more on the business side of it mm-hmm. um and that gave me more confidence but also I think the more I got better at dancing the more confident I got mm. so you know people would be you know when I first started they were nice to me but they weren't like <laughs> Like, wow, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, they, they, they knew like, you know, I remember a first teacher that I had that I went to a workshop. I was completely lost. It was an advanced workshop. I tell my students this all the time because I want them to know that everybody struggles mm. when they start. But the teacher came up to me afterwards and they were like, give me a pat on the back. I was like, it's okay. You know, you'll get it someday. <laughs> and I was just like, I was that lost. <laughs> But I tell everybody all the time that, you know, it's a process. Um, So I think we all start off with that, like, oh, I can't do this or this isn't for me because it didn't work out that first time. Mm -hmm. Mm. But I think the important thing is to always continue and just try again because that's how we learn. That persistence. Message to the Mm -hmm. nation. Keep going. Keep Keep going. You can't be an expert your first time. (laughs) That's Stop thinking like that. <laughs> and that's how I felt with teaching also. I didn't want to teach. And we didn't offer classes uh, for the first year. We were just a performance group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people were like, oh, you need to teach classes. I was like, I can't teach classes. Like, I'm not that good, you know. And so it took that, like, persistence of, like, others to help me. But once I was like, okay, I can do this. And, you know, it took time. But I think for anybody that's doubting themselves, they just have to put in put in that first step or put in that first try and not be afraid to fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, dancing offers so many health benefits, such as minimizing stress and reducing depression. What are some of the things outside of dance that bring you joy? 
outside of dance? Outside of dance. So it's funny because for a long time people were like, what do you do besides dance? And I was like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like, that's all I do. <laughs> uh, can't you tell? <laughs> but um, with the pandemic, I mm-hmm. did start to find like other hobbies since like we couldn't do as much dancing. Um, and before then I had done, a, I had like dabbled a little bit when, when I could, but because I was working full time for a while and dancing, mm-hmm. it was like literally impossible for me to have anything else to do. But I did find a lot of joy in gardening. Okay. So Green I like, thumb. yeah, I like gardening and I'm not the best at it. I killed a lot of plants, <laughs> you know, rest, rest in peace, rest in peace <laughs> to those plants. But, <laughs> but they, you know, I did find a lot of joy in like growing my own food and being like, okay. oh, I grew this tomato or I grew this basil. And that was really cool. And, and I had a house, so like I have my house and I had space. So it was cool to like work on my yard. And I liked being outside. Um, and I still do, but that, and I recently found ice skating. So I loved ice skating. I only like to do it outside though. Okay, Cause people outside. are like, Oh, why don't you go to the ice skating rink? And I was like, I don't really like being inside. I like being outside yeah. and ice skating. Mm-hmm. So those are my two things I would say outside of dance that bring me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. So let me add this since you said ice skating. I mean, I don't know if it's all the time, but go to San Francisco they had a dope little ice um, skating ring set up when I went a few years ago. San Francisco, get there. I have not been to San Francisco, but I would love to go. I went to Chicago last year, uh-huh. and it was like the coldest time of the I think it was February. It was so cold, but I was the happiest person ever. <laughs> like I put on like five layers of clothes, and like I went out ice skating outside like in the, by the bean. Yeah. Mm. And it was so cool, and I was so happy. My mom was like, I dragged her with me, <laughs> but you know, it's fun. So those are the things I like, and I think obviously the ice skating was something I watched a lot as a kid. So mm. it's something I enjoy, and it has a little bit of that dance aspect, aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So like Michelle Kwan era and all that. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh, I loved watching like all of, all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, speak. Well, going back to dance, what are your thoughts on trying out for like so you think you could dance or one of those dancing show competitions? I've never personally wanted to because. Like I said before, my thing has always been more social Mm. and more in the community and not so much like performance based. I really perform because it's a challenge to me because I know that it's something I'm not as good at or like I'm, I'm more afraid of. So for me, challenge, it's a challenge to perform. So I've never really thought to, um, apply to one of those but <laughs> i do know other salsa dancers that have and huh. i'm just like yeah <laughs> you get it so, so, good. so we're getting a definite <laughs> never, I never. Mean, no i don't see it happening and yeah so i, I we'll know see. they've yeah. done a local charlotte one would you mm-hmm. do something like that maybe if it was local but it's also i think so you think you can dance is very um it's not just one genre so it's yeah, a lot true. of genres and i am very like salsa related or like not just salsa but like just afro-latin dances in general like i'm really focused there so i don't have a lot of like i don't i've taken some ballet classes i have tried to get a little bit of that technique but i have no i don't really have that formal like dance background where Mm -hmm. i i would feel confident in in that arena 
Got you, got you. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep pressing. <laughs> maybe, we want to see maybe, Jen and okay. Rumba out there one day. One day, maybe. Maybe I'll get one of my students. Hey, why not? <laughs> all right, so Jennifer, we've reached the most popular segment of Jack of All Spades Nation. Mm-hmm. We like to call it Top 5 Dead or Alive. So shout Top out Jada Kiss. So Jennifer, what are your top five reasons why a person should go out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and learn a new dance? So I wrote down a few. Um, I probably forgot some, but... I would say me, for my personal reasons, would be community, like we said before. I just think the community is so awesome. It really brings you in front of a lot of different people. So if you come to our classes, you'll see all different sizes, shapes, ages, backgrounds. And like when you start to talk to people, you even see like you have a construction worker, you have a doctor, you have a veterinarian, you have IT professional. Like I don't know of any other place where you can see such a variety of backgrounds in one setting so I just think the community is awesome and the fact that dance connects us in that way is really cool Um, and I know that people coming like out of certain situations like just just to be honest like you see a lot of people that have moved and they don't have like anybody in the area that they know or if they've recently gone through a divorce or you know I've just noticed a lot of people come to dance for a lot of different reason reasons but mm-hmm. I think that community is one of the top reasons like of the social aspect mm-hmm. and then obviously like we talked about before the self-confidence and the self-awareness um being a dancer like you have to be aware this is my right this is my left I this is what I look like you know because sometimes you don't pay attention to those things and so it really makes you self-aware of like how you are putting yourself out into the world but also how you're in relation to others so I think you know dancing with someone else and being in their personal space um, may be uncomfortable for some people Um, and so I think that really brings up some of those issues of like, okay, how do I feel in relation to others also, not just myself. Mm. So I think it's a very good uh, tool to help with that if, if, if someone had, you know, some struggles with that. Um, I think it helped me a lot, so I know that it can help others. Um, and then the other one is obviously the health and exercise part. So yeah. we're constantly moving. I'm not going to say it's like running. It's not like <laughs> it's not like doing basketball, you know, or like some of those sports where you're really getting like a good workout. Yeah. But I think it still is a very good workout. Um, and I still it's still very um, good for your cardiovascular system. Um, obviously, if you're doing like a performance where you have tricks and lifts and you know, those kinds of things, you're building a different type of strength. Mm. Um, but that's not something we're doing, like, on the social dance floor, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some people try, and I don't advise those. <laughs> people get hurt. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but overall, I think just health in your physical but mental health also just being, you know, we're, we're social creatures. Yeah, like, we want to be around others. And I think, you know, the pandemic hit. And that like took that away. So mm-hmm. I think people are very appreciative for what we have now because they're like, I missed, it. I missed it. You know, like I didn't, I couldn't just go out and dance mm-hmm. and be with other people. And some people are like, how do you dance with like all these different people? Like, isn't that kind of weird? And I'm like, no, it's actually like a lot of fun. And it's, it's cool because it's like you, you're talking with someone, just like I said before, you're having a conversation, mm-hmm. you're exchanging 
different things and like some some people do something and it's like oh that was different i never seen that or they're really creative you know so like you could see someone's creativity and how they express themselves and it's really and it's, and it's an expression um so it's a creative outlet um so it just helps you i think in a lot of different ways and there's been studies that said like social dancing creates new synapses in your brain so it helps with um reducing alzheimer's mm. so there's been studies like where they had uh groups of i think there were 60 year olds i have to look back it was a study in manchester but they would follow them social dancing and they it reduced it, um chances of alzheimer's by like 80 yeah. percent so it's that's a good that's pretty good reason yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. um, and then another one is like like we talked about the cultural significance so i think the fact that we're doing these dances even though they have changed over time keeps that history alive mm. um and it keeps the music alive because like a lot of the music we actually listen to most of the time is older yeah um so i mean a lot of there's like a movement to be like we need to listen to new music but a lot of us value and and like really respect the older music and like like it too like there's just music that's still being played from the 50s 60s 70s like which i don't feel like is as common maybe with with other clubs like you may not you i guess you got 90s clubs and like 80s clubs sort of but you know um but i do think keeping those like traditions alive and and the more that we connect back to them is you know the better that'll be and then the last one is just because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, once you get past those like insecurities that you have and you start to like really flow with it, yeah. like when you have that connection with someone else and the music and yourself and you're just like, oh, this is so much fun. And you have that perfect dance. Like that's what like you look for. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but that fun <laughs> dance where because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Cause they'll be like, I don't want to ask you to dance because you're too good. And I was like, no, like I have fun. Like with everybody point, dance, you know, uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. Like when you enjoy it yourself, mm. that you you help your partner enjoy it. And then, you know, we both enjoy the the music and the dance. All right. Well, there you have it. Top mm-hmm. five there in live. Top Jennifer five. Geyer. Mm-hmm. So, Jennifer, shout out all the socials so people can follow you and the Roomba movement. Um, okay, so we have a monthly social that's called Noche de Sabor, and it's been running for nine years now. You gotta so. bring it down for people. What does that mean? Noche de Sabor. <laughs> night of what? Called it's literally night of flavor. So night of flavor. Okay. The night of flavor, and um, we play salsa, bachata, kizomba, uh, Brazilian zouk, and um, sometimes cha cha cha, merengue, depending on the crowd. Um, but we receive people from South Carolina, all over North Carolina. Sometimes, you know, people visiting from out of town. So it's a really nice crowd. And that's once a month at Infinity Ballroom. Typically the fourth Friday of the month, unless it's like holiday season or something, we may move it. But if you follow our pages, um, our Instagram is at Roombao underscore LDC. Or our Facebook is Roombao Latin Dance Company, I think. And and then um, recently we just started adding our Mambo Fridays again, which may be Mambo Saturdays in the new year. But those are held at the rabbit hole in Plaza Midwood. Okay. Um, 
It used to be called Peculiar Rabbit? It's, so Peculiar Rabbit is right in front of or behind it. Okay. Um, so the rabbit hole is right like on the corner, of, like across from the diamond, I think was the okay. diamond. Okay. And then, um, so we are there. We're aiming to do it weekly, but right now it's kind of sporadic. But we had it last Friday. We're going to have it this Friday. Um, and then we may move it to Saturday. So that's just keep keep updated. Those are our socials that we have. And then we have classes Monday through Friday, um, 7 to 10-ish. So we, yeah. we're pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have classes at Moose Studio and at Camp North End, the YVY uh, studio on Thursdays. We may continue Mondays, but we're trying to we, we're trying to figure out the schedule for the new year. And those are pretty much the events that we do. Mm-hmm. So stay busy. They moving. They moving. <laughs> but I would say that yeah. you know there used to be a lot more happening in Charlotte in terms of socials. There's a lot of classes, but I think the social aspect. Yeah, they need more socials, hmm. and I don't. I can't do them every day. So somebody, <laughs> somebody go step ahead. Up, step up to yeah, the yeah, plate. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Out. Pick up the mantle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Jack of all spades, nation. You've heard where you can find the movement. So let me just make sure. I'm saying it correctly on IG, Roombao underscore LDC, so mm-hmm. Latin Dance Company. Mm-hmm. Tap in. You've heard why you should be dancing, all these great benefits. And y'all know you might see your boy out there. Yes. Y'all know what it is. <laughs> but you know where you can find us, Jack of All Speed CLT on Instagram. We are on Facebook, no Twitter, no TikTok. But yeah, on all streaming that. platforms, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, of course, the audio individual, thanks to Jay Marlowe, a.k.a. Local 6, on the YouTube, Audible, Breaker, mm-hmm. other what, some Buzzsprout, I think we own everything, we're, honestly. Pretty much everywhere. You can find you us. Can find you want to find us, you can find <laughs> us. But as always, I am the beloved one. It's your boy, YBB, Prada Africa. And before we close out, close out, close out. Well, no, no. Go ahead, go there, yeah. and I'll go, I'll go back. All right, so, JG. Do you have any parting words to the people? I just want to thank you all for having me. (laughs) (laughs) But also, you know, if you ever thought about trying to dance, do it. It's going to change your life. Mm. It changed mine. Or, you know, just try something new. It's always going to be good and pushes you to do something different and to expand your your horizons. Definitely wise words. But in this moment, we definitely want to hold space for the pride of Africa know something has happened in the family and we're gonna let them speak on that yes 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 so guys who've been rocking with us since day one um you know the original crew the front facing crew myself dj banks behind the camera marlo and there was another guy a part of that original jack of all spades crew sesco francesco my brother um yes i'm gonna hold a little space here if you're not aware my, my brother passed away recently um, and I just want to take this time to say, you know, he was a very, very intricate piece of this podcast. He did um, in season one and part of season two, he was doing our comic strips for each guest. So when the guests come in, they'll tell their stories or whatnot. He'll illustrate it so you can see it in the comic strip. It was, it was, he was a gifted artist, taken sure. from us way too soon. And I just want to share that, you know, we love him. He's never, never be forgetting. He'll, he'll, memories will live on with us. And uh, yeah, I just want to share that with the people of Jack Ball Space Nation that uh, he has gone on to home. And yeah, I just want to take time just to send him off right. Yeah, and yeah, he 
very instrumental in in all of our lives if mm-hmm. you've been a part of the family and for people who didn't know if you've ever seen my book mm. Francesco did the cover he did the artwork for my book so I've known him for a long time of course you know I've I've always told the story about Big Brother Ken anytime he would get messed up he would tell his mother he was with DJ, so Miss Wabibi didn't like me for a long time. But I have to share this story and mm. you know, the wake of Sesco's past. And um, when I had moved back to Charlotte, I threw a crazy house party. Mm-hmm. And not only did Wabibi <laughs> get messed up, but he left his brother. I did not know Sesco <laughs> was sleeping in my crib. And I had to take Sesco from Southwest Charlotte mm-hmm. to his job at the gas station. Yep. And I made it to the east side in record-breaking time. It But just... Memories like that, man, you know, rest in peace, Sesco, and it's just, man, we love you for real, man. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, I mean, Jack of All Space Nation, you know how we close this thing out. Um, One time for A Tribe Called Quest, mm-hmm. you know, rest in peace, Fife Dog, but also rest in peace, Francis Wabibi. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram, and we out.